On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, before we begin, remember that the information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your circumstances, objectives, goals, or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risk. None are guaranteed. So before you make any decisions, it's highly recommended that you contact an investment advisor and you can look at our website to see what we do in that regard. Uh, our website is craigsip.com. Okay, looking back at last week, and it was a pretty good one, uh, we had a good start to the US reporting season that provided a little bit of confidence and you've still got investors out there that are hopeful, uh, hopeful at least, that we've seen the peak of inflation and that from here it will fall. So most markets were up. Uh, we had the S&P 500 in the US up 2.5%. The NASDAQ, which is another US index uh, dominated by technology stocks and consumer discretionary stocks, so it's a little bit higher risk. The NASDAQ was up 3.3%. And we've seen a pretty strong rebound from those two US markets in the last uh, few weeks. They're up since the lows that they reached in the middle of June which is what, sort of a month ago now, maybe just maybe about five weeks ago. Uh, since those lows, they're up 8% for the S&P and 11.2% for the NASDAQ. So a nice, healthy rebound. Um, they're both still quite far below their highs. Uh, the S&P is still down 17.4% compared to its high, which it reached, uh, I think, in the first week of this year. And the NASDAQ still 26.3% uh, down from its high, which was in November last year. But we have seen uh, a solid bounce of late. Other markets around the world followed suit. The UK market, which is the FTSE 100, the main one we look at over there, added 1.6%. Uh, European shares were up 2.9%. Uh, the Aussie market was up 2.8%. The local market put in a solid performance up 1.3, not quite as strong as some of those others, but uh, it was going in the right direction nonetheless. Interest rates, we saw US interest rates fall. Uh, so the two-year Treasury yield fell from 3.12 to 2.97. The 10-year yield fell from 2.92 to 2.75. Um, and that is that is the lowest we've seen in about eight weeks. So um, US interest rates coming off the boil. Local interest rates, little moved. Uh, our five-year swap rate, rate uh, finished the week at 3.9, so uh, barely changed from, from a week before. Commodity markets. Um, commodities have generally been falling in price over the last um, six or seven weeks, which is good. That is one of the reasons investors have been feeling a bit better about the, the future inflation picture. Uh, we had oil off another 3% last week, down to 95 US dollars a barrel, um, and oil prices are off about 22% from where they were in early June. They were above $120 a barrel back then. More broadly, commodities have moved in the same direction. So if you look at the Bloomberg Commodity Index, which is, is, takes into account a range of commodities, it's almost 15% down from where it was seven weeks ago. Still still at elevated levels because we had a big, very big run-up in the first sort of four or five months of the year, um, uh, six months of the year, really. But it, it has at least um, come off since then. Looking, looking back at what caught my eye last week, New Zealand inflation was the big one that we were all watching for here. This was for the June quarter. 
and it rose again and it was stronger than expected. Uh, so the, the headline CPI, the Consumer Price Index, increased at an annual rate of 7.3%. So that was up from 6.9% uh, the three months before that. Uh, it was above forecasts, uh, which were for 71 and it was the biggest increase since 1990. Or if you go back, um, or if you exclude times when GST was being hiked, um, the biggest increase since 1988. So very strong inflation here in New Zealand. And, and I think what the Reserve Bank will be just a little uncomfortable about is the part, um, the domestic price pressures, the non-tradables inflation, because we all know about what's happening with New Zealand dollar, what's happening with uh, oil prices and all of those imported goods, but the non-tradables inflation, which is domestic price pressures, and that accounts for about 60% of the CPI, that came in at 6.3%. So that was above forecasts, and it does suggest that there is uh, a lot of domestic pricing pressures that won't won't be making the RBNZ feel too comfortable. They next meet uh, in mid-August, and um, the OCR will go up further, probably by another 50 basis points. Um, also on the local front last week, dairy prices, uh, fall in dairy prices down 5% at the, the GDT auction. So that's the biggest decline we've seen since May. And the GDT index is now 23% below uh, where it was in March. It reached a 15-year high in March and it's sort of come come right back down after that. Having said that, um, it's it's only down 8% where, below where it started the year and it's actually above where it was 12 months ago. So not, not all bad. It really just does reflect that that roller coaster ride that we've seen in commodity markets with a big rise and then them coming down uh, as, as, as prices have fallen. Another important point to remember about the dairy sector is that these dairy commodities are all priced in US dollars. And when we remember that the Kiwi dollar is down about 8% against the US dollar this year, that really does offset a big part of those um, price moves. So it's not all bad. However, uh, I would say that there is an increasing risk that the Fonterra payout for the 2022-2023 season is revised lower. At the moment, it's sitting at $9.50. Probably looks that looks a little bit optimistic based on um, what we've seen with commodity price movements of late. So... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see some adjustment there at some point uh, from Fonterra. Uh, flash PMIs, the, these were the, 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 the key economic releases of the weekend. PMIs are really just business surveys, purchasing managers, indices. Um, and these ones for July covered many of the major regions, the US, Europe, Japan, the UK, Australia. And they get, they always give us a very um, up-to-date read on how the business sector is feeling. And, and it wasn't great news, to be honest, um, starting with the US, which is you know the biggest economy in the world. The US composite PMI fell from 52.3 to 47.5. 50 is your break-even level. So it went from being above break-even, which signals expansion, to below 50, which signals an economic contraction. And that's the first month where we've had a, a sub-50 reading since June 2020. And if you exclude that sort of period of the pandemic uh, from 2020, that's, um, that's, that's the biggest decline, or, or it's the... We haven't seen a rate of contraction uh, as weak as that since 2009. So it does tell us that the US economy has slowed uh, quite sharply just uh, just in this last month or so. 
Similar story in Europe, the composite PMI fell to below 50, so again that's the weakest we've seen since the beginning of last year. Australia, Japan, the UK all kept their head above water, you know they're still signalling in expansionary readings but they, they were the lowest that we've seen in um, you know, six months in the case of Australia or about 17 months in the case of the UK. Uh, and all of that does point to economic momentum slowing uh, in most places um, as we've just started the second half of the year. Uh, on the central bank front, it was the ECB that was in focus last week. This is the European Central Bank and they increased interest rates as expected for the first time since 2011 and it was a bigger move than expected. Most people thought they'd go for the 0.25%, 25 basis points, but they went for the, the 50 basis point move, which is probably fair because the, they are playing catch-up and they have quite an undesirable sort of inflation outlook, to use the words of Christine Lagarde uh, from the ECB. So there will be more to come uh, and we'll see more interest rate hikes uh, from the ECB. Interestingly, even after that 50 basis point increase, that puts their deposit rate still back at zero because their starting point was negative. They had neg they've had negative interest rates since 2014. So all they've done is is raise interest rates and get, get back to zero interest rates, which just sounds ridiculous really when you think about it like that. But that has been the world that we've been in for the last few years. Turning to the week ahead, and it's another it's another monster week. You know, last week felt like it really was uh, a super busy one, and this week um, this week we've got just as much on the go. So starting with uh, the big global events out there in the world, the highlight will be the Federal Reserve meeting, so the US Central Bank, and we'll get the outcome of that at six a.m on Thursday morning here in New Zealand. They're expected to increase um, their policy rate again. Uh, their policy rate is, uh, they have a range, and the top of that range is 1.75%. Is it's expected to go up by another 75 basis points, which would put it at 2.5%, the same as our OCR. So that's what markets are expecting. There won't be any new forecasts or financial projections. Um, this meeting will just simply be the, the interest rate decision, so uh, everyone will be hanging off every word that Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, says, and they'll be watching that statement and the tone of that statement very closely. But that'll be, that'll be something that markets are, are watching with interest. There was some talk uh, or some speculation that they might go for a 100 basis point interest rate hike which would be a whole 1%. Uh, I don't think they'll do that. Uh, I think 75 is much more likely, and that seems to be where markets have you know, settled down to uh, as well. So that's, um, that's Thursday morning. Also in the US, and I, th I think this will be later in the week, this will be Friday, so it won't be till Saturday morning our time, but the core PCE uh, for June is out, and this will be... Um, uh, the, the core PCE is uh, PCE stands for personal consumption expenditures. It's basically another inflation measure, but it's important because it's the inflation measure that the Federal Reserve takes the most notice of. The Fed believes that this is one of the best inflation measures for sort of what people are sort of seeing and feeling in their daily lives. So it's it's one that they keep a close eye on. And um, the core PCE excludes food and energy. That's why it's called core. And um, it. It has provided a bit of optimism lately. Um, we have seen it fall back to, you know, the lowest levels we've seen since, you know, November last year. You know, sitting at 4.7%, which is still high, 
but it's not as high as where it was in uh, a few months back. It was sort of north of 5. Markets actually expect to tick up a little bit from 4.7 to 4.8. So, you know, uh, again, going in the wrong direction, but still at least sort of starting with a 4 rather than a 5. US GDP will be out this week, and this probably will get some headlines. Um, this will be for the June quarter. The reason I think it'll get headlines is there is a chance that it's negative, and because the US uh, printed a negative GDP for the March quarter, uh, if that's followed up with a negative, another negative print for the June quarter, that will fit the, the, the technical definition of recession that some people you know, follow, you know, two negative quarters is what some people believe constitutes a recession. I'm not sure that's that's really how we should think about this one. Um, when you consider the methodology that, that the National Bureau of Economic Research uses, and that's the entity in the US that it's considered the authority on US business cycles, you know, recessions and expansions, it takes a broader view, you know, it, it wants to see a significant decline in economic activity um, and it takes into more indicators, not just GDP, and it takes into account the depth of that decline. So just a small fall after a strong performance, as, as this one will be, probably wouldn't constitute a recession in the eyes of the NBER. So that's something I think we should just bear in mind. You know, it might sort of, you know, using that technical definition, yep, maybe, but not sort of the, you know, the deep sort of downturn that we think about when we consider, you know, the word recession and what it probably means. So um, keep an eye on that. It might make some headlines, but, you know, that's that's not really the, the, the recession that we're worried about. You know, we're... we're when we when we think about sort of the what could go wrongs about the current outlook, we're really pondering whether we could see a, a steeper downturn than that, and we don't know whether we will yet. But um, these first two quarters of the year haven't been particularly bad for the U.S. economy, so I certainly don't think that's anything to panic about. Uh, Aussie inflation, it'll be high. Um, this will be for the June quarter, so it's expected to to rise, and we'll we'll probably see. Um, uh, you know, see it hit levels that we haven't haven't seen uh, for many many years, as has been the case um, in most other parts of the world. So that is this Wednesday afternoon. On the local front, the key release is the ANZ Business Outlook Survey. So this is the one of the highest profile business surveys we have in New Zealand. Comes out every month, gives us a very good feel for how corporate New Zealand is thinking and feeling. And Lately, it's been pretty bleak. We've had the headline confidence index hit the lowest levels since the early 2020. We're in the middle of the COVID outbreak uh, in the own activity measure, which is what firms know best, and that's the one that tends to follow growth most closely. That's at the lowest level since August 2020. So looking pretty bleak. Uh, profit expectations are down. Inflation and pricing indicators still high, but sort of off the peaks um, lots of lots of comments from businesses that tell us there's still a very tight labour market and that finding skilled labour is a, a big concern. So uh, we'll be watching for any update on any of those things and we'll be watching the construction sector because it's been the one that has really stood out as facing quite a few challenges. And um, what I'm hearing anecdotally uh, across across the market um, and across the building sector around New Zealand is that things have have definitely um, 
slowed down quite sharply in, in recent months. So we'll, we'll be watching that one too. Finally, uh, and, and, and this will be probably one of the most exciting sort of things to watch this week, is the, the reporting season. It really ramps up, particularly in, in the US. You know, the international reporting season is, is well underway everywhere. Um, but in the US, it's, it's particularly busy this week. So we'll have dozens of companies that will announce uh, results this week. About a, fifth, um, about a fifth of the US market has already reported, and it's been pretty good. But um, if you look at the S&P 500, which is the, the big US index and it's the, the 500 biggest companies, I think about 175 of those are reporting this week. So it's more than a third of that index by number. And it's some of the real heavyweights. A lot of tech stocks, Alphabet, which is the owner of Google, Amazon, Apple, Meta, you know, used to be Facebook, now it's Meta, Microsoft, they're all reporting. Those are the real, the real heavyweights of the US market. Uh, Mastercard and Visa both reporting. Uh, Big Oil, uh, Chevron and Exxon. So we'll hear from the energy sector, and a lot of consumer-facing businesses as well. Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Procter and Gamble. So, like, there really is something for everyone this week. 3M. That's another sort of household name that's reporting. Boeing, Ford. Geez, there's so many. I'd be here all day, sort of rattling them all off. But uh, that will really be one of the biggest drivers I think of of how the market sort of um, develops this week that and the Fed you know reporting season the Fed they'll be the two the two key events a, a couple of things to watch on the local front too in terms of um, corporate news flow obviously our reporting season isn't happening at the moment and it will it will really ramp up in mid-August so as soon as this international reporting season sort of winds down You'll be able to fill your day with sort of reading earnings reports from New Zealand and Australia. But at the moment, we're in a bit of a, a lull. Uh, however, uh, there's a few AGMs coming up over the next little while, and two in particular this week that will be very much worth watching, uh, Main Freight and Ryman, uh, Ryman Healthcare. So they're both on Thursday this week. I think Ryman's in the morning, Main Freight's in the afternoon. Um, but those are two of the genuine genuine stars of the local market, two of our biggest, most exciting, most widely owned companies. Um, and they've both got sort of their own unique sets of challenges and opportunities in front of them at the moment. So uh, AGMs um, are, are always interesting to investors because you, you often get a trading update. So even though they're not reporting a result as such, you might get some fresh guidance or, or at the least you might get a commentary about how trading conditions have developed or, or been playing out uh, in recent weeks and months. So plenty happening. Um, enjoy your week. It's going to be a busy one. Uh, take care, everybody, and we'll talk again soon. For more insights, visit craigsip.com.